There's two kinds of parties in the world. There's the parties that you get invited to that you do want to go, and the kind of parties that you get invited to that you don't want to go. Now, if you get invited to a party that you don't want to go to, you always think of a way of, how can I get out of it? And perhaps you would come up with some ravenous tick disease that prohibits you from attending. Or perhaps you just want to send a large check, especially if it's like a graduation party for a distant nephew, and this is the first time you've heard from them in like 12 years. Just send them a check. You don't have to go. This last week was really kind of cool in some ways. It was cruising along, having a good first start of the week, getting some stuff done, some exercise in. And then Wednesday happened, and then late Thursday happened, and I'm not quite sure why, but I couldn't get anything done on Thursday. I was searching, repeatedly asking Google or the Star Tribune or the Times or any search engine for more information. And then Thursday night, death on top of death, and I lacked the capacity to fully engage with the information. It was absolutely surreal. A guy with a woman he loves and a child in the back seat, and, and I thought, well, I've been in a place where I was driving a car and Tani was next to me and Anna was in the back seat. Or and I thought that what that would be like to have to tell that little four-year-old girl that what she just witnessed was the death of a man who loved her. And then I watched the news feed on Thursday night. And I thought about many friends that I have that come to Timberwood Church who are in local law enforcement. I talked with one on Friday, and I just said, you be safe out there. And I can't imagine what it would be like to serve. Say goodbye to your spouse in the morning, and they don't get to come home at night. John Ortberg reached out to Dallas Willard before he died. John was talking about an incident in his own life that was painful beyond belief. And in the retelling of the story, John says, I, I didn't think I'd be able to go on. And Dallas Willard simply said, this will be a test of your joyful confidence in God. Tom and I chatted on this last Thursday. We were talking about the Tour de France. We were talking about CrossFit workouts talking about me nearly bonking on a ride with him and Derek. Now, it's one thing when you get bested by a 24-year-old, but when you get bested by a 60-some-year-old, you're kind of like, seriously? Now I'm going to blame poor nutrition. <laughs> and we talked about the events of Wednesday night and the simple acknowledgement that what had happened seemed really, really wrong. And how do we respond to something like that? And to be truthful, I'm not quite sure why it affected me so deeply. I mean, we live in a world in which 15,000 children die every day because they don't have enough to eat. So we live in a world that has tragedy. But somehow I was able to put myself in the tragedy of this week. And as a follower of Jesus Christ, we as followers of Jesus Christ are compelled to be individuals of peace and individuals who engage in reconciliation, individuals who soften the anger that seems to be rampant in this week's discussion, not contribute to it. 
And so I challenge my own soul for the thoughts and the attitudes that I have towards people that might look different than me or live in a different region in the United States of America who might have had different experiences growing up. How the text last week said, a people for God from every tribe, every language, every people, every nation, and how the attitudes that I have that I don't let anyone else see, how the attitudes that we have that we don't let anyone else see influences how we think about other people and how sometimes we engage in jokes or in crass comments that really have no place for the person who is a follower of Jesus Christ, who is designed to be an instrument of peace, an instrument of reconciliation, an instrument of graciousness in a world that far too often is far from that. And above all, the renewed sense that life continually tests the confidence and joyful hope we have in God. The text, 1030, you know the routine. When we get to the parts that have a little more white space, read along. Then I saw the right hand of him who was seated on the throne, a scroll written within and on the back, sealed with seven seals. And I saw a mighty angel proclaiming with a loud voice, who is worthy to open the scroll and break the seals? And no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll or look into it. And I began to weep loudly because no one was found worthy to open the scroll or to look into it. And one of the elders said to me, weep no more, behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has conquered so that he can open the scroll and its seven seals. And between the throne and the four living creatures and among the elders, I saw a lamb standing as though it had been slain with seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. And he went and took the scroll from the right hand of him who was seated on the throne. And when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb, each holding a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song, saying, Worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seals, for you were slain, and by your blood you ransomed people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. And you have made them a kingdom and priests to our God, and they shall reign on earth. Then I looked and heard around the throne and the living creatures and the elders, the voice of many angels, numbering myriads of myriads and thousands upon thousands, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. And I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea and all that is in them saying, To him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. Be blessing and glory and honor and might forever and ever. And the four living creatures said, Amen. And the elders fell down and worshiped. Better than a big band, Robert Coleman calls this the angels' chorale. Now, setting the stage, right? Okay, we have the four living creatures who are around the throne, engaged in chorus, and then on top of that, the 24 elders, and then on top of that, this amazing background of vocal excellence angels numbering thousands upon thousands, the messengers of God who were there since the beginning of creation, who announced the birth of Jesus, and now are singing this incredible song, Worthy is the Lamb, and it is this obvious grand celebration. 
John has moved from tears to joy, and, and then this build, layer upon layer, loud voices. It's a crescendo. It's an explosion of sound. Sometimes people wonder what heaven will be like. And here we have a description, postcard-like, which might give us some insight. And you have this overwhelming sense of a grand celebration, a grand party, which brings us back to our intro, right? There's two types of parties, the parties that you want to go to and the parties that you don't want to go to. And if you get an invitation to a party that you don't want to go to, you look for any sort of reason, like a tick bite, that, that you don't have to go, right? You look for any reason that you don't have, oh, I have some other conflict, something else has come up, I have my finger in my eye, I don't see myself coming in, those types of things. Any sort of reason to get away from going to the party. But an invite to a party that you want to go to, and you can't wait to get there. I mean, you know there's going to be good food, there's going to be good drink, you know there's going to be good music, and most of all, you get to relate to friends, perhaps friends you haven't seen for a while, and you are so jazzed about renewing acquaintances in a, just a stress-free environment, putting pause on the troubles of the world, and just being with people. Quoting Uncle Dallas again, God will certainly let everyone into heaven that can possibly stand it. There's a quote that will mess with your mind. You've been invited to the party. Do you want to go? Seriously, do you want to go? I mean, just don't nod your head because you're in church. Do you want to go? If you don't want to go, it's okay. No judgment from me. It's okay if you don't want to go. You get to make that choice. I get to make that choice. But, but given how Jesus throws parties, think the wedding of Canaan. Good food, good drink, good friends, good environment. We have this amazing music thing that's going on. It's better than a big band. It's an invitation. It's, it's a picture. It's a description, certainly, of what John saw, but it is a picture also of what the experience might be like. And you're invited to the party. I'm invited to the party. Do we really want to go? Because if we don't want to go, we probably won't. And if we want to go to the party, well, if you have a party that you want to go to, you rearrange your schedule. You get ready for the party. You do all the things that are necessary so that at a point in time in which the clock strikes the appointed hour, you are ready to go and you are in the place and you are engaged in the celebration of all of the goodness. It's better than a big band. And you are invited to this celebration in which the centerpiece is this lamb who is described as being worthy because the lamb was slain. Being worthy is something that, well, something is called worthy of something else when it is a place that has been earned. The lamb is worthy because the lamb has earned this place. The Lamb is the victory of God that is on display. The Lamb earned this place because the Lamb was slain and is now alive. 
And just so we have clarity, the Lamb is Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the Lamb who was slain and is now alive. Being worthy means that the Lamb accomplished something and accomplished something in the midst of a fallen, messed up, goofy world. The triumph of the Lamb is especially sweet because the pathway to get to this point was particularly treacherous. Now we understand the simple observation, right? The more difficult it is to achieve something, the harder that you have to work at something to earn or be judged worthy, well, the celebration at the end is all the more tasty. The Lamb is worthy because of what the Lamb has accomplished, what the Lamb has endured, the victory of God being made real in the Lamb that was slain who is now alive. The Lamb is worthy, but also realize that there is application for us. That in saying these things and in observing this scene, we are also invited to live in reality, live in the light of this reality. We are to live with a clear understanding that the Lamb is eligible to open the seals. In fact, I think the text would argue that John witnessed the Lamb opening the seals. We are to live with a clear understanding that the Lamb is worthy of being worshipped by creation, by the church, by the angels, by you and me, by us. We are invited to join in this celebration, in this pageant, this event. And in worshiping him, we worship with our lives. We live looking forward with hope to the day. When all things are made new, we are to live with this hope in a world which is so conflicted and so fallen that regularly the innocent are killed. A world in which our own troubles, personally, internally, even though we might think they don't compare to worldwide troubles, still seek to overwhelm us as individuals, the things that we hold inside. And each and every one of those is a test of our joyful confidence in God. That even the things that seek to overwhelm allow us to live with hope and confidence that the celebration is about to begin. It's just around the corner. Now, like any good party, you need to bring a gift. The trouble is, sometimes you go to a party, especially if it's like for your dad. <clears throat> what do you get your dad? Because what's the old saying? He has everything that he needs. What possibly could I give my dad? Well, my dad's dead, so it would be possible, impossible for me to give anything to him right now. But for those of you who have fathers who are still alive and say they, they're the type of guys that just get what they want and do what they want, and when it comes to gift-giving time, all of those things have been occupied, checked off, and so there is no list of gifts to give. We could approach Jesus that same way. What could I possibly give Jesus? He is the Son of God. He's the second person of the Trinity. He was chosen before the foundation of the world. He's worshipped by everyone, so the Bible tells us will happen down the road. Man, was that an awkward sentence. (laughs) 
The text gives us some clues. If you will, a shopping list. Worthy is the lamb who is slain to receive power. The ability to get something done. The ability to act. The ability to influence. The energy to get the job done. Worthy is the lamb to receive power and wealth. Resources. The Bible points pretty conclusively that everything that the world has belongs to God. Worthy is the lamb to receive power and wealth and wisdom knowing what to do, and might, the ability to do it. And honor and glory and blessing. Honor, receiving accolades, receiving a place of honor, if you will, when something has been accomplished. Glory, the opportunity to glorify a person, give glory to their name. Their name, their reputation has been enhanced. And the notion of blessing of taking the best interest of the person in mind and then executing to that standard. The angels sing and say, here's a shopping list of the things that the Lamb is worthy to receive, power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. And it's a shopping list that we can use. Do we give the Lamb our power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing? our power, our ability to get things done, the sphere of influence in which we exert our will, our energy, our power. Do we give it to the Lamb? Do we allow the Lamb to use our power? Do we allow Jesus to use our influence for His kingdom's good? Wealth, our resources, we have this tendency, right, because of where we live, to think of the things that we have as being ours, it's my money, it's my wealth, it's my home, it's my car, it's my boat, or it's my wife's boat. It's mine. Well, first of all, it's not. But even if we think that, do we give God a portion of what he has given to us? Because it's really not ours to begin with. Do we honor God with generously, with generosity out of what he has given to us? might, the things in action. Do we honor God? Do we give back to Jesus our might? Do we bring honor to his name? Do we enhance his reputation? Not that he needs us to enhance his reputation, but do we honor him? Do we enhance his reputation with how we act, how we behave, how we engage with the world that is around us? glory. Do we lift up the name of Jesus? Blessing. Do we take the best interests of Jesus in mind and then execute to that standard? It's a shopping list for the lamb who has everything. But more than that, this chapter, on its own, rightly describes the place that Jesus has earned. Irrespective of how we respond to, the, to Jesus, the lamb that was slain, Jesus has earned this place. If we don't say another word, it does not, in one little tiny bit, diminish the amount of praise that is due him or his worth in being declared worthy. 
It is a chapter in the Bible that enables our worship of Jesus. But again, it is not a place of honor that is dependent on our worship. Jesus is worthy to be in this place, regardless of what we do or don't do. But the invitation is clear. The opportunity that we have to worship him with creatures and elders and angels. The opportunity to place him in the spot in our lives that he deserves, that he has earned. And in doing so, giving him a gift that is suitable for a lamb who has everything. Please pray with me. Father, we come to you. And for some of us, the events of this past week struck hard and close to home. And Father, I truly pray that you will enable us to be agents of yours, agents of peace, agents of reconciliation. Agents that would de-escalate the seemingly angry conversations that take place almost on a daily basis. Father, allow us to be a people who engages in the worship of your Son who is worthy. Allow us to be a people who lives our lives as a gift to the Lamb who has everything. Father, thank you for this time. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.